0: This podcast does contain some sensitive conversation around loss of a child and miscarriages. With so many stories of strength, perseverance and life-changing journeys, I knew I had to help share the good in the world. My name is Christine Petrella and I'm fortunate enough to host a podcast where I can speak with guests who have made such a large impact in their communities by giving back and being so generous to causes that need our attention. My next guest is Meg, founder of Tree of Hope Creations, a company dedicated to making motherhood keepsake and memorial pieces. Hundreds of customers trust Meg and her team to create these gifts from their loved ones' ashes, hair, burial dirt, clothing, and so much more. She discusses boundaries she's created, pieces that have left her emotionally shattered, and her connection to each and every precious shipment that she receives. She went viral on TikTok for her compassion and vulnerability as she shares her life's work with the world. Meg, I am so excited to finally meet you. I have seen you go viral. I have seen you on social media. Your following is insanely impressive. I learned today that you have one and a half million followers on TikTok and 120,000 or more followers on Instagram and Facebook. And that's how I found you. So thank you for joining me today. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I Honestly, it's been a roller coaster. It all started a while ago and I feel like I got lucky. I got very, very lucky in the growth and being able to be part of so many different people's journeys and even like helping people through their grief and through motherhood. And honestly, it just, it all feels like a dream, but I'm so happy to be here.
0: (laughs) And I'm so happy you're sharing this dream with us because I, for one, get emotional every time I see your videos. And I know what I have to do if a new one comes up. I'm like, I'll save this towards the end of the day. So I'm not a mess during the day. But uh, I do want to get to know you a little bit more. So the only thing I know about you is what I see on social media. And I think it'd be really awesome to know. I I see that you are in Ohio and I went to school at the University of Dayton. You are just east of there, correct? Yes, I'm in Xenia, which is a small town in
1: Ohio. It's about 20 minutes from Dayton. I went to Wright State University. I got my bachelor's and master's degree there. That's where I met my husband. That's where I had my first couple kiddos. (laughs) So I've been here for a little while. Prior to that, I was a military brat. So I lived so many different places. I always say the coolest thing about me is I was born in North Pole, Alaska. It's on my birth certificate. (laughs) Oh, how cool. So when my kids ask, I always show them. They think it's the coolest thing. And how long were you there for? We were only there for, I think we moved a year after I was born. So not very long, but it's still pretty cool.
0: <laughs> that is really awesome. So out of all the places that you've been, you chose to go to Ohio. What what made you want to go back?
1: Well, it's complicated. So I graduated high school in Pennsylvania. I was in a relationship. It was in a great relationship. And they wanted me to move down to Georgia and It was toxic. And one of my best friends came to my graduation and she's like, no, like you're coming with me. And I was just like in a, you know what? Sure. Like, I don't know. I just knew I needed to get out of home, um, get away from home. And so I took the whim and I applied to Wright State. Luckily, Wright State is a community college and almost accepts everyone. So I kind of jumped in there right after graduation, got accepted and started going to school right state. And that's how I got here. So it's, it's not a fun situation, but I am so forever grateful that I ended up here.
0: Shout out to your bestie for helping you make those moves. And Wright State is a great school. I had a lot of friends um, that we met out and about when I was in Dayton, and they went to Wright State, and they are just great people. So really, really awesome. I'm excited to get into um, Tree of Hope, but I kind of want to know more about when did your entrepreneurial spirit arise? When did you start to say, okay, I have this business idea. When did that all begin? So that all started after Tree of Hope, actually. I have my bachelor's
1: degree in business management, but that was just because I wanted a degree and I could easily get through that degree because halfway through my degree, I got pregnant and had my daughter, which made school very difficult, especially for a 20 year old to navigate. So I essentially chose a degree that I would just be able to finish. And then after I had her and had my son and kind of got my head on straight, I got my master's degree in organizational leadership. I can't even remember what it's actually called, but essentially being able to lead people um, with um, concentration on higher education, because that was my whole purpose was being able to help people kind of figure out what they wanted to do with their lives. So I did that for a while. And then, gosh, I could get into the... I had no goal of ever starting my own business. That was not in my cards. I. Ended up falling in, so I'm a doula. Um, women's health is very big to me. So I ended up actually starting nursing school and getting into Ohio State's midwifery program, which is amazing. It's extremely competitive. I had a 4.0 in all of my nursing classes, including P and pharmacology, and I loved it. But ultimately, I chose Tree of Hope. But that's, I feel like I have to start how Tree of Hope started in order to kind of dive into that question.
0: Well, let's dive in then. (laughs) Talk to me about Tree of Hope.
1: So like I said, I was very big on um, women's health. My first birth and labor and nursing experience was not the best. It was rough. We'll call it rough. Um, I Didn't know anything about nursing. I didn't know anything about birth or labor or anything like that. It's just, it was a crappy experience. But I still was able to nurse until she was about seven months old. And then she just wasn't thriving or at least that's what they told me. So I decided, hey, you know what? I can give her formula. I'm going full-time school full-time. Like this is easy. Didn't really bother for me. My original goal for her was six weeks. So I was happy. But after that, With my son, I knew I wanted something different. I knew I wanted to be able to go naturally um, because my daughter, we got to the hospital at nine and a half centimeters and it was terrifying. But I knew I wanted to go naturally. I knew I wanted to be more in control of my experience. I wanted to nurse him. I had done a lot more research on that whole holistic stuff. So we had Colton. He's a sweetheart. I love him to death. And my goal with him was to nurse a year, because that's everyone's goal. Like that's what you're supposed to do. But that was rough. He ended up having a lot of health issues, and he had—I don't, you probably don't know what laryngomalacia is, but essentially it's a floppy larynx. He turned blue on us. Essentially, every time he laid down, his larynx was would close, so he couldn't breathe. And so against everyone else's opinion, other than our pulmonologist, we co-slept with him. He slept on my arm. If he slept at a slant, he was okay. And then he had allergies, any and every allergy you can think of he had. But I pushed through it because anything I ate, he would get the proteins for. But I pushed through it. I eliminated all the allergens you can think of especially the five top allergens and we pushed and we pushed and there was just one obstacle after another, after another, but I wanted to do this because I wanted to hit that goal. And we had gotten to a point where I pretty much was starving myself because I was only eating what I had to eat because I was terrified of eating something that I couldn't because he had a really bad reaction. He would break out in hives, so his throat would start closing it it was bad. So then Postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety hit me like a brick wall because I felt like everything I was doing was killing him. And so, after a long talk with a therapist and my doctor and his doctor, we decided that it would be best to stop nursing and give him this formula, which is actually really gross, but that's a whole other story. And so, we stopped at seven months and I was very disappointed with myself, but I knew it was best for him. And as a mother, like that's what you do, you do what's best for your children. So yeah, so I was disappointed, but it really, like, it's okay. He's here. Luckily, he's healthy. He's grown out of all of those allergies. He's good to go. But our last, um, or my youngest, I once again set the goal for a year, knowing full well that with Colton, it did not go as planned, and that there were probably going to be obstacles. But I knew I could do it. And if I didn't do it, it was okay. There wasn't as much pressure this time. But let me tell you, there were still a whole lot of obstacles. Um, She had a tongue tie, which makes your nipples bleed, and it's painful and excruciating, and it causes mastitis and clogged ducts and a whole lot of other things that are not very friendly. But we pushed through that. She didn't have any allergies. She didn't have anything that was scary. Um, And I think that definitely helped push through and we pushed and pushed, and we'd hit one obstacle. Girl did not want to get
0: off of the boob. Can I say boob on the podcast? You can say whatever you want. I'll just <laughs> put a big old E next to this episode, and we'll continue on. <laughs> okay. Um, so she, she refused the bottle. She didn't want to get off the boob.
1: I had to go back to work at six weeks. My mother-in-law was incredible. and brought her to me every time I had to nurse, or I drove there. Um, luckily, it was the only a 15-minute drive, but it was still—it was annoying I also couldn't respond to the pump. So I remember thinking, I'm not producing anything. Yet when she was nursing, she would gulp, like girl gulp milk. But whenever I hooked myself up to a pump, I would get milliliters, just small, small amounts, which is when I learned that pumps don't actually show your output. Sometimes people just don't respond to them. Sometimes they just don't get the milk out. So we were kind of in the same boat of like, she was literally attached to me for the first year of her life in order to eat, but we made it, we made it to a year. I remember waking up that day and um, nursing her and just looking at her like, Holy cow. Like I'm going to get emotional, but it was such a huge accomplishment because for my first two, like we couldn't do it. We tried everything, but we couldn't do it. And with Mary it happened. And I felt so good and so empowered. And that definitely added to the women's health side of things. I wanted to help other people do that because that feeling, no one will ever be able to take that feeling from me. It was amazing. Um, But then we went on to nurse 20 months. um, I was actually... Got pregnant with our surrogate baby, a baby ahead for someone else. And once that colostrum started coming in, Mary did not like that. So we kind of <laughs> she she weaned herself. She would spit it at me. Oh. <laughs> so back to her one year, um, making it on year. So my husband had something going on behind the scenes, something I had no idea about. So he's a woodworker. He's really good at creating things with his hands. And I don't wear a lot of jewelry, actually. Ironically enough, I don't wear a lot of jewelry (laughs) because, one, I have this debilitating fear of losing something or leaving it on the sink and forgetting it. And plus with kids, like, it's just I don't wear it often. I love wearing jewelry, but I don't wear it often. So he wanted to make me something that would mean the world, that would say thank you for taking care of our kids. Thank you for nursing our kids. Here she comes. (laughs) Oh, are we going to get a guest appearance. (laughs) Pie. Then go get another pie. Will you open it? I will make it fast. We call it unrestables pies. Oh, my kids love those. So we have a bunch of fridge. We buy them in bulk. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he had something in the works behind the scenes as a thank you because he saw everything we went through. He was amazing and supportive. And I honestly couldn't ask for better. But he, he made me a plaque. I should have brought it. But a wooden plaque he carved out was a mom and baby silhouette. If you look on our website, probably on our socials, you'll probably see it. And it was filled with epoxy and dehydrated milk. And this is before we even knew what we were doing. But that piece means the world to me. It'll always mean the world to me because it kind of highlighted our accomplishment, something that we worked really hard for. But also like the fact that he loves and supports me <sighs> is amazing. But so we got here. We and, okay.
0: My queen did not all That's okay. Can you bring this? Oh my gosh, that's the cutest little voice. <laughs> you can say hi really fast. Hi. It's so good to meet you. <laughs> I love your shirt. What'd you say? Bangles. Bangles. Okay. <laughs> close
1: the door. Hey, Mary, close the door, please. Bangles. Bangles. Yes, I know. They're Bangles fans. <laughs> I love how she shouts that before she slams it. Bangles! <laughs> Oh my God. She's a doll. She is a rotten, but that's beside the point. Love her. Um, she knows she's rotten. <laughs> so he made this for me and I was over the wall and I wanted to share it with the whole world because I was so freaking excited. I loved it so much. So I posted it on a mommy group where it blew up. People were like, I mean, we invented it essentially. We we're the first ones to make it. And so everyone wanted one. They're like, can, where can we order? Where can we order? And I was like, my husband just made it for me. <laughs> I
0: I have nowhere to order. I so um I told my husband. So what was his what was he doing for work prior to giving you this gift? Was woodworking No, he actually that was all a hobby. He did audits for airplanes
1: to make sure they're safe. And so it had nothing to do with what so this was a total side project, mm-hmm. something that he knew you would love. Oh my god. So I remember looking at him saying, you're going to make more of these, and not asking, looking and telling him like, this is what's happening. Cause I was so excited about that. And he looked at me and he's like, well, I'm going to need a machine. <laughs> all right. Good answer. <laughs> when he made mine, it was all hand cut, but there's a CNC out there that actually will cut the silhouette out for you, which makes life a whole lot easier because hand carving something takes a very long time. Apparently he had worked on that for months, but that's beside the point. So I was like, okay, like joking. Like I never expected it to blow up except for like a few. So I was like, okay. So I threw together an Etsy. We ordered the CNC machines and we got a handful of orders enough to pay for the CNC, which are not cheap. And so this became a hobby, something that we would do on the side. We got maybe five orders a month. It was, I wouldn't even say it was extra money. We weren't charging much at all for them. It was just hard work. It was something that I loved making that I knew would mean a lot to people. So we did that for a year. We say Tree of Hope started September 14th because that's my daughter's birthday. That's the day he gave it to us. So a year after we started, I I mean, everyone knows TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and social media. And I, in the back of my head said, if I do this, it's going to blow up. And prior to that is when I started going to school, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around a lot for nursing. And I was like, it would be nice to have a little bit of extra funds because I'm paying for school out of pocket since I have two degrees and my loans were maxed. I had to pay out of pocket. So I remember asking, saying, Hey, is it okay if I make a TikTok for Tree of Hope? And he was like, sure. Like thinking I was joking because all he watches on TikTok are stupid videos about men
0: doing stupid things that's all any of us watch and then <laughs> then your tiktoks come along we're like whoa oh. so <laughs> brings us back <laughs>
1: yes um so he was like sure like thinking i was crazy and i posted for about a week and that's the first time we went viral i remember being so excited for hitting 23,000 views and like crying and just being over the moon, it brought in um, a handful of orders and I was so excited. Like I thought I was famous. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? I get 10 likes. I'm like, ah, oh, we got this. We got this. Yeah, we're in. This is it. This is a big break. <laughs> so after that, we had gotten to like 4,000 followers and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. And the following week, we actually went viral and we hit a million views. And that's just when everything kind of started. Tell me about that video. I was terrified. I was so scared because Cody was working 40 plus hours. Um, This was in the midst of COVID and my kids were home from school. I was working from home. So Tree of Hope was a hobby. Tree of Hope was only five to 10 pieces a month. This video changed everything. It went from five to 10 pieces a month to five to 10 pieces every other day. (laughs) It was just a video of me like making a piece. So mixing the milk with our processing powder, staining the wood piece, pouring the milk into the wood piece, and then a picture of the wood piece. It was just me doing what I did every day and it, it was scary. I remember being like, this is where the change happens. And at that point, my husband had gotten to a point where he did not love his job. They were working him to the bone and it was causing issues in our marriage. So I remember looking at him after this video and after our first month telling him, you're done. Like, I can work and we can do this and it replaces your income more than replaced his income that's beside the point and just knowing that like if we did not do this like it just wouldn't happen so he quit his job and started doing it full-time um because Wood part takes a whole lot longer than my part and there was so much pressure after going viral the first time to continue to go viral because then that becomes your income his income and we did I posted and did everything all these experts on TikTok told me to do, and we grew, and we grew, and we grew, and we hit 100,000 followers and hit consistent sales daily, and I knew everything was going to be okay, and so we got to keep making people pieces, and it was all motherhood pieces at first, and I was so happy. I was so overwhelmed because I was also going to school full-time working full time, doing Tree of Hope full time, being a mother, like there was nothing left of me. And it sucked. And I can go two ways <laughs> right now. Um I can we'll say it that way until we kind of go forward. But I had gotten to a point in March of twenty twenty one where I had just gotten into Ohio State's midwifery program and I was so excited, but so scared because women's health is my passion. It still is my passion. And like this is my dream. But Tree of Hope also turned into my dream and my passion. And there was conflicting, so much confliction there, in which I knew when I go to, went to midwifery school, that was going to take my whole life and my time. But I was also doing good. Like, my goal in life was to make people happy and make a difference in the world. But I was doing so good with Tree of Hope. And I was touching so many lives. And I was making people happy. And I was truly, like, if this sounds conceited, I'm sorry, but I was helping to heal hearts and helping to open people's eyes to the fact that they can have something tangible of their loved one or of their journey that they can hold and feel good and not feel alone. So I remember in March thinking, okay, like sitting at this desk right here, thinking I have a choice that I have to make because whatever I'm going into, I have to give it all, get all of me to it. And just sobbing and sobbing. And I still like get super emotional about it. But at that moment, I decided Tree of Hope is what I need to do. Tree of Hope is my passion. Tree of Hope is my heart and my soul's work. And it allows me to touch more people than I would ever be able to touch in midwifery. And even Save People, I could go through stories of saving hearts. And that's a whole other podcast. Gosh, I could go through that. So I decided on that day that I was going to quit midwifery and choose not to go forward in the MSN program. And I was so sad. I had put so much time and effort into nursing and um, getting to where I was. And I felt like it was all for nothing and yada, yada, yada. Luckily, I have an amazing husband that is really good at cheering me up and telling me that it got us to where we are. Like, So in March, I decided that I was going to do Tree of Hope full-time. And I also quit my job, which is terrifying. And it's been an amazing roller coaster ever since.
0: I'm so glad you decided to quit your job and that your husband decided to quit his job. So it's not just the woodworking with the epoxy and the breast milk. You do so many more things and there are so many people out there who are sending you something that is so traumatic and so emotional to them. So the other part of being a business owner and being out there you know, on TikTok, on social media is being able to show that you are also trustworthy. Because if I am sending you a shipment, that is some precious cargo. So talk to me a little bit about the emotion that we see Uh, You know, from your TikToks and and from your social media, because I can't imagine receiving something so incredibly emotional and, and valuable. And we see your emotion, you know, come through on that screen. So were you prepared mentally, physically, emotionally to have the reactions that you have? Because they share these deep stories and these letters and, you know, who this individual human precious person was. That goes to you. How are you doing with all of that?
1: I will tell you, um, it doesn't get easier. And I would expect it not to get easier because if it does, you're turning hard and then you really need to take a step back. But I I can tell you the story of the first set of ashes I ever worked with. It was a mom who had lost her daughter and she had gotten a wood plaque and we were adding milk to it. And it was um, one that had two babies on it. One of the babies had wings. It, we had worked with lost work before. But when her piece came up, she messaged us and asked if she could send her daughter's ashes. And I remember thinking, no, like just that I can't, I'm so afraid I'm going to screw it up. I'm so afraid that I'm going to mess up and that that's someone's loved one, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's child that they lost. But before I said, no, I'm a people pleaser, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but <laughs> so If I can do it, I'll make it happen. So I told her to give me a week and I bought sand because after doing research, I learned that sand has the same consistency as ashes. So I bought sand and I practice and I practice and I probably made a hundred hearts that week. And so finally I told her, yes, I would love to do this. Honestly, thanks for the honor of being able to make this for you. And I remember getting the package and just holding my breath because I had someone's daughter in my hands. I was making something that she would be able to hold of her actual child. And I get a whole lot of crap on social media, whether it be people like making fun of us for breast milk because they don't understand or that emotional side of it. Because I remember I I used to make, or I'd still make, but we to use milk from babies that has passed. Um, and that's emotional too. So I had shared a couple videos of me opening that and kind of reading their story and crying. And people go off when you cry. They're like, you're weak and yada, yada, yada. But to me, it's vulnerable. I'm vulnerable because it allows people to see my real feelings and my real Passion in my work, so I decided that I was going to record myself opening her daughter's ashes. And I didn't expect what happened. I opened it, and it was just this. It took me over. I started crying and hugging this package that I don't even know who they are. And I decided to share that. And, and sharing that, like I knew I was going to be vulnerable, and I knew there were going to be people that were mean. But it did not matter to me. What mattered was that that mom saw how much i loved her daughter and how much love that i had for her piece and it's been the same ever since every single piece that we worked on i read the stories and i feel the feels because i think it makes me human i think it makes me a compassionate person it makes me good at my job to be able to pour my heart and soul into each piece and it's not just creating pieces it's creating hope
0: and thank you for opening yourself up. I mean, we wouldn't be here if I didn't think you were genuine and honest. And you can tell the second you start that tier. I personally do. And I know there's probably a lot of other people out there who do as well. But I'm glad it sounds like you have a crew behind you. So you have your husband who's doing the woodworking. You're mastering the artistry of these pieces. Who else do you have working on your team? I got. I mean, I gotta imagine there's there's a lot of you guys over there.
1: So I have my mom. She also did not like her job. And finally one day I was like, you know what? I need an administrator. I need someone to pack these packages up. You
0: should be a life coach. Listen <laughs> to <you. laughs> Getting people to quit their jobs left and right <laughs> and making it work too, which is great. But also like, I hated packing, not hated.
1: I strongly disliked packing things up. So I told my mom, I was like, I will pay you if you come over here and pack these packages for me. So it was kind of like taking something off my plate because packing things up, take so much time and it took time away from me. We had gotten to a point where our turnaround was 20 weeks. And I was like, I wouldn't even send someone something and have to wait 20 weeks for it. How can I expect other people to do that? And so hiring my mom and bringing her on has been life-changing and wonderful. She also acts as an admin. So she helps organize all of the inclusions that come in and our analytics, everything that we need To run a business, um, taxes, (laughs) and
0: that stuff like that. The worst, the the special breed of people who enjoy that.
1: (laughs) I don't get it. I'm with you. And then I have an amazing social media team. We receive hundreds of messages a day, and it's hundreds of people pouring their heart out over message, telling their stories. And it was something I couldn't do. I couldn't give them my all and give them my all and give my business, my all. And so these people started as followers and they were available in my lives. So they became moderators and we built a relationship and we built trust. And one day I asked a couple of them to come onto our team and I gave them access to my socials and they knew everything tree of hope. So they've been in Tons of lives, they knew the answers, so training them was not hard and then we added a couple people on later on, but they are they are truly who answer the questions and act as a bridgeway between me and
0: others and their compassion they sweat love as well <laughs> so and you do such a good job recognizing them too on your website. I saw that and you could see the pictures and the stories. It just means a lot because again, someone, a customer is choosing you and trusting you. So it's nice to know the team. Now, let me ask you, have you ever had to turn away or has there been any request that might be a little uncomfortable for you to continue with? How, how do you vet those commission requests that come in?
1: So, like I said, I'm a people pleaser, so it's a struggle sometimes, Um, but I do have hard boundaries when it comes to inclusions, though, for the most part, I have people send me all sorts of things that if I can try, I can do it. But my hard boundaries are semen, so I will not mess with semen. Please don't tell me someone tried to send you that. Um, we We actually get requests often. Oh, my God. But there is, we'll do this plug right here. There's a girl that does jizzy jewelry. And so if anyone wants semen jewelry. Oh, you refer her. <laughs> yes. I, I have other people that I know that do things that I don't. And she, she does it. And she does a great job. She's a beautiful artist. That is
0: so funny. That's great.
1: So I send them her way. Blood is another thing that we don't work with. There's just a lot of biohazards and stuff like that there. But I also know another DNA artist that does work with blood. So if someone wants a piece with blood, we send them their way. I in no way judge anyone for what they want to work with. People have sentimental ties to just
0: about anything. But those are, those are my hard passes. Good for you for setting those boundaries. Because as a people pleaser, I, I'm learning to... I don't, I don't think I, I am um, to the level that you are, it sounds. But I'm learning to say no. It's hard. And I'm learning that this, this is, yeah, this is our business. This is what we choose to do. So I, I, I really, I never even thought that that would be something. So thank you for sharing that. And your pieces are beautiful. I mean, you do jewelry. I've seen you incorporate, you know, ashes of a loved one into the jewelry. Sure. One that I think is very interesting that I've never seen is the pyramid piece. Mm-hmm. How did that idea come up? And what have been some really unique, I guess, pieces that go into that pyramid?
1: So I will say most of the ideas that we have come up because people ask if we can do something. That is where just about everything comes from. And my lack of ability to say no, but I had someone ask if I could make a pet piece, including a collar or tag sticks from their favorite park, ashes, things like that. I was like, I can incorporate that into jewelry, but it wouldn't do it justice. And so I started doing research and um, I found pyramids or cubes, which are larger things that you can actually put items in. And I remember doing practice, I do practice for everything I do before I actually make it for people, making the first one. And it looked awful. It was so bad because the resin that you use for pyramid pieces, I have learned, is completely different than the resin that you use for jewelry and the resin that you use for other keepsakes. You have to use special resin for pyramid pieces because they are larger and they hold bubbles a whole lot easier. So you have to use two-in-one resin, which is a lot thinner, and it releases those air pockets, especially when you're putting items into it. Um, It makes sure it doesn't hold that air. And so after a couple of practices, it turned out beautifully. But that's one thing I do love about those um, memory pieces, the pyramid pieces, is you can use larger things, including pet things, including I had just finished one a couple months ago that had, they had a miscarriage and they had the remains of that miscarriage, which was very, very small. And they wanted us to make a pink cart or a pink bear and put it like it was sitting on a cloud. To represent her. So we did that. I've done wedding stuff in a pyramid. I've done birth stuff. So, like the hospital band, hospital hat, things like that in a pyramid. There's just so much you can do there
0: that you can't necessarily do do with jewelry. That's incredible. Are you gonna, you're gonna need to clone yourself because this takes time. <laughs> and you're saying, you know, you have to experiment and research and trial and error over and over and over. But I'm sure you have so many customers coming to you saying, you know, I need this. I'd like this back. Can you do this? So when are you going to clone yourself? What are your expansion plans? (laughs) That's a great question. I've looked into it right now.
1: I think it's not quite in the human trial. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I have amazing customers. They are patient. They are kind. Our current turnaround's about 16 weeks. So they know when they are getting into it and they want us to create pieces, that there is going to be some turnaround time because we don't rush pieces. We don't just throw them together. We do make them and make sure they're perfect. And I think creating this platform, creating these trust components, people are more than willing to wait. People have waited 16 weeks and said they would wait another 16 weeks for their piece once they get them. I'm so grateful for my customers and the love that they show me and the love that I'm able to show them. So cloning myself would be good, but this allows us to have that flexibility. They also are amazing. I do think that building that platform and being able to be vulnerable on the platform helps people know that I do love what I do and trust me to be able to send me pieces and in return, like, they're amazing and they're patient. And yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful.
0: Amazing. And and I know there's haters and there's always going to be haters. And I, I know, and I act like I'm the expert, but there's hopefully so many more supporters of what you do. And now that it's more comfortable to talk about and it's more accepted to talk about these things, which before it was such a taboo and it was something that you had to just keep so silent and, you know, oh, your formula over breastfeeding and the and. There was never a conversation because we all put so much pressure on ourselves and we all thought we had to do something that someone else told us to do. So I very much appreciate how transparent you were with your experience. What advice do you have for someone that's going to be marketing on social media? How did you deal with the negativity? How are you dealing with the negativity and... I, I could imagine a part of that is just knowing that you have so many more supporters there too. So for every downer, you you know, you have a hundred ups and and that's gotta be pretty cool. What's your advice? So I will say if you're getting
1: into it, just do it. Like if you ever question, like if you should, if you're scared, just do it. It can change your life. Also, it's just recording stuff that you love doing. If you have a business, then you got into it for the love of what you're creating. So first step is always just to go dive into it. Just do it. Those 10 people that are liking your posts, like that's 10 people that love you. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to haters, I will say ignore them. Sometimes they can be overwhelming. There are filters on every form of social media that will filter comments out. So you don't have to see them. Also when you go viral, read the top comments, don't read all of them because there will be people that try to tear you down because they're jealous. But also, like you said, for every one mean person, there are a hundred amazing supportive people out there and social media can do so much for so many different people. And so taking that jump into social media, knowing that there are going to be sharks in there, but there are also so many amazing things that can happen from it. It's worth it. I would do it a million times over (laughs)
0: Such great advice because I I had no idea that you can kind of filter those negative comments out. And why wouldn't you? Why would you have that negative mental space available for someone that is is just not contributing to your cause to move forward? So very, very cool. Honestly, I've learned that and I used to filter comments. I don't filter comments
1: anymore because for every comment they leave, 10 other people get to see your post because it's getting boosted. So now you got an army out there for you. Look at that. (laughs) So whenever they comment something negative, usually there's 10 people that are on top of that. And then that's interaction with your post, which is ultimately pushing your post to more people. So they don't know it, but they're helping you.
0: Oh, very cool. Use it to your advantage. Why not? <laughs> so from all of the reactions that you've posted, and I would never ask you to choose a favorite. So that's not where I'm going with this, but share, if you don't mind sharing one with us that really sticks out to you, maybe one that you tell most people about, because it just means you know something to you at the end of the day.
1: There are a ton that stand out, but there are a couple that just kind of hit close to home. That was that first one that I told you about and being vulnerable with that. But also, there's a little girl, same age as my daughter, who passed away from cancer. Um, her name's Jocelyn, and a lot of people know of her story. And I will probably get emotional now. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: okay. Take your time. Um I remember the first video I saw of her. <laughs> yeah. I
1: remember her first video and thinking, like, she can get through this. She can get through this. Like, and then I remember when she went on hospice and when just everything happened and just being there and being, like, in awe, like, how can this happen? Like, she's Mary's age. And I, I can't imagine putting myself in her shoes, but that's what I do as an empath. And I remember her reaching out to us and getting that message and not knowing what to say. I just literally froze because I was really close to that story. It was a story that I had followed for a while. And just knowing that she, she loved us and trusted us enough to send Jocelyn to us, but also like receiving Jocelyn, was, that was another bittersweet thing. And her ashes were heavy like on my heart but I remember opening her hair and just that was on her head. Um, it's so hard to not put yourself in someone's shoes and I just, it just, and will always be something that sits with me. Um, Like I said, I have thousands of other stories and a lot of them I don't record, but that was, that was definitely one that, I will never forget.
0: Thank you for sharing. I I was just hoping that everyone listening would really understand the work that you do and the significance of it and how important it is to have someone like you receiving that gift and being able to do something incredible with it. What are some of your visions of your creations going forward? So
1: going forward there's so much more that I want to do that I want to dive in. I want to be able to also touch people off of social media because not everyone has social media and there are so many other people that we can help. My husband wants to start making wooden urns. So bless his heart. He he needs a dragon to slay. He's sitting here with the kids. He needs a new <laughs> dragon to slay. So he wants to start making urns. I want to eventually... Create a healing haven, which is going to be a place that people can go outside of their home when they're grieving because grief is very consuming, and it can become hard to get out of whenever you're living the same life every day, like Groundhog Day, and you're sitting in the same home, so to be able to create a space for people to get out of because whenever we were going through our loss, leaving and getting out of home is' really what helped and push my healing journey and be able to. Yeah. It feels good to get out of home whenever you're going through crap.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That is so great. Well, hopefully you can get that going and anything I can do to help with visibility and with sharing that. I want to thank you so much. You have shared so much of who you are. You have been so uh, emotional with us and I and I absolutely love that because that just makes you human. And I just appreciate everything you have been through. You are an absolute warrior. I am a huge fan. So I was very excited (laughs) to talk to you, your pieces. Thank you. They mean so much. And I hope everyone goes on to Tree of Hope Creations, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I'm in awe of what you do. And just know anytime I'm double tapping or anytime I'm leaving a comment, I probably just finished a good cry session. <laughs> and I just, I get emotional with you. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who do as well. So thank you for allowing you know me to be emotional with you. And um, thank you so much for your time today. You have so many important things to get to. I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me on the Give Back Model Podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to say to all of our listeners? Thank you. Thank you for having us. And for everyone going through something, know you're
1: not alone. And for everyone not going through something, make sure you tell your loved ones you love them. Make sure you go out and do things you enjoy because that's what life's about. Life's about having fun. So thank you. Thank
0: you, Meg. Oh my gosh, you are the best. I absolutely loved my conversation with Meg. She has a sunbeam of positivity, and I give her so much credit for discussing such deep and private information about her journey in early motherhood years. I especially loved hearing her little one chatting in the background and making a special guest appearance. Meg and her husband decided to quit their jobs and dive headfirst into entrepreneurship. As scared as they were, the reaction from their customers and from the social media had given them enough hope and encouragement to continue on with the creation of such sensitive and precious gifts. It's people like Meg who helped me really realize that it's okay to show vulnerability for anyone. And it's okay to take that leap of faith as long as you know how much good it is that you can put back into this world. Just go for it. Trust your gut. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Give Back Model podcast. For more information about our guest and to view show notes, head over to www.thegivebackmodel.com. And don't forget to sign up for the launch announcement of my new cause-driven brand, Gold Ivy. You can go to goldivy.us. And I couldn't have done this without the support of you all. So thank you so much and so many good things to come.